Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Coco, and you're listening to Conversations with Coco and Friends. And we're back. It feels good to be home. <laughs> and the best part is today that we are sitting with the beautiful, one-of-a-kind powerhouse, <laughs> Tracy Moore. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good to be hanging out with you ladies oh today. It's so good to not be in my house. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> right? So nice. I know. Oh my God. Welcome to not your house. Right? I feel like it's even more perfect. Special. So for anyone who doesn't know, and again, I don't know how you don't, but Tracy has been a host of City Line for 15 years, and she continues to entertain and engage not only us, but people all around the world, day in and day out. One of her top priorities, if you didn't know, is female empowerment and boosting the self-esteem of young women. Snaps to that, Tracy. Tracy has an honors degree in political science. Big up to political science. Another degree I didn't use. And a master's degree in journalism at Western University. She's received several accolades for her work, including nominations in both Canadian Screen Awards, the Gemini Awards. She's also a recipient of the Woman Who Work Award. Okay. The Brilliant Minded Woman Award for Community Service and the BBPA Media Award. She's also been named Hello Canada's Most Beautiful Canadians twice. You need your flowers. We have yeah, to you do. Wait, flowers. Just smell them. <laughs> exactly. Mm, Seriously. Tracy we need flowers. something right now. <laughs> <laughs> So those are obviously some serious accomplishments. Let's just say we're proud to know you and proud to be in your presence. Yes. And I mean, anyone listening from those brief bios, they know that you're clearly good at what you do. So tell us about your city line journey. How did it all start? Oh man, when I have, uh, we have interns come in, well, before COVID we did, and um, some of them would come up to me and they would say, okay, I want to do what you do. So what do I do? Yeah, give me the roadmap. Like, Honey, like grab a chair, <laughs> light a cigarette, pour a drink. Let's talk about this. It is such a circuitous yeah, route. Yeah. I did every job. Like my first, I sucked at the first job I did in journalism. I had my master's degree and I was shy and I was really quiet. Quiet, and a lot of people can't picture me like that, but I felt very mediocre in the newsroom. I was very overwhelmed. I found it to be very daunting. So I had to go through many trials and tribulations to finally like just be like, okay, ask questions. It doesn't matter if you sound dumb. They have to know your name. They have to know that you're alive. And that led to jobs like assigning the camera crews, um, 
getting the scripts off the photocopier machine and giving them to the anchor, researching for um, for the big reporters at CBC. Sometimes it was just rolling the auto cue. Like I did every job and had to beg, borrow, or steal my way on air um, as a VJ. I said, put me in a camera course. They did. 9-11 happened. Oh, they ran out of reporters, so they put me on air. Um, and then... It was that switch from news to lifestyle, which was really not what I wanted to do. I had these twist extensions and it was really funky. And, you know, I was a party girl. I've been a party girl since I was 15 years old. So snaps for the party girl. People we, love right. it. we love it. <laughs> so my so everywhere I worked, they would see me and they'd be like, entertainment. And I just felt, okay, I'm black. They like to put us in entertainment. It's actually not my thing. I was like, I'm going to be a foreign correspondent. This is what I want to do. I want to be Christiane Amanpour. Like I want to be in war-torn areas. And they're like, entertainment. So I always fought that. And moving on up in the news world, I was very, very focused on getting into an American broadcast network. I got offered a job with ABC News as a foreign correspondent in London. And then the whole thing fell apart because they were under a lawsuit with a reporter that didn't want to go to Afghanistan. And then he was suing ABC. Anyways, on and on and on. That job fell apart. And I was like, let me just settle here in Toronto for a while. Uh, Got married to my husband, got pregnant. As I'm pregnant, my news director says to me, the host of CityLine is going because City TV is being sold. And I said, I know. And she said, so we're going to be doing auditions while you're on your mat leave. And I said, I know. And I'm like, why is this lady like, why is she taking up my time right now? I have to file a 12 o'clock story. Hello. She's like, I think you should audition. And I was like, why? (laughs) And then I was like, wrong answer. You know, in your head, you're like, "Mm, that was wrong. (laughs) I said, "Um, okay. And she said, yeah, I think you'd be, I think you'd be good. And I went home. I said to my husband, I said, well, they, they said to me that they want me to audition for City Line. He did like, he's like cheerleader. He took out his pom-poms. <laughs> he's like, think about it. It's lifestyles. You could do brand engagements. You can do like cooking. You can, we're living that life, like meals on a budget. He's like, how about putting together an outfit after Matt leave? I was like, okay, he's getting me hyped, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do, I should do this. And so I went through the process and the more I auditioned, the more I was like, this is good because not only am I like, you know, When you're a reporter, you feel the need to play reporter. And I have that in me, but I'm also a goof. (laughs) And what was good about City Line, it was this combination of serious stuff, like fluffy, light, happy. And then when I finally got the gig, I realized that it was so much lighter than, than doing six alarm fires and child abductions and murders and having to roll up into like Regent Park and like feel like a pariah, you know, with my own people and interview them about gun violence and all these things I had to do as a reporter. So City Line is, was a sweet gig and it is still a sweet gig. So that is the story. Uh, wow. <laughs> so guys, there is no roadmap. And it means you have to take all the jobs and do all the things. Mm. Everybody thinks that it's like uh, overnight, right? Because yeah. they just found out yeah. about Tracy Moore and, and she just popped on there. But you yeah. just say 10 to 12 year 
journey to get to this position, right? Absolutely. And opening yourself up, I felt like I had closed myself off from those opportunities for all of these reasons in my head. Don't do that. Like that's the lesson I learned. Open yourself up to your full potential. Something might come along and you just have to say yes. You just have to accept. Ooh, I love, love that. that. Snaps again. <laughs> there we are back at our snaps again. We need yes. to say that in the mirror every day. <laughs> right? Oh God, just yes. say yes. <laughs> I don't really, I, I'm like a huge proponent of not having balance. Like I, mm. I feel like this, there's this idea where everybody's like, I want to get to that, that perfect place, that nirvana where everything is just balanced perfectly. Mm. Um, there's schedules and there's Pinterest and there's everything that telling you that you can like line up your life and it's amazing because you can drink one night a week and you can, <laughs> you know, you can read every, read stories to your kid every day and it's always going to be perfect. And, um, this is all to say, I don't really believe in balance, mm-hmm. <laughs> but how do you, um, this amazing superwoman, businesswoman, celebrity TV personality, how do you keep it all in check? Like, how do you not pull your hair out? I do. I am a mess. Picture the, um, the club sandwich. Okay. I love a club sandwich and you can have like that neatly cut club sandwich and everything's neat and tidy. I like the club sandwich and the bacon's coming out and the lettuce is coming out and the mayo's on the plate and you're dipping your sandwich in that mayo. That's my life. So it tastes good. It's a mess. And I had to make, like, I'm a Capricorn and I feel like we have issues as Capricorns. We're very much about perfectionism. And I spent, you know, a chunk of my 20s trying to be that, like, just perfect persona. And it's it's isolating and it's lonely and it's not authentic. And so now I really lean into the fact that the kids' toys are out in the living room and, like, I see what we talk about on City Line, and that's not it. Uh. And it's okay. <laughs> it's okay because there's viewers out there that are living their life like I am. Mm-hmm. And I give myself permission to be like that, and then they have permission to be like that. And I think as soon as I got over these constraints of trying to be perfect, it was very liberating. So, That's one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is my husband is constantly picking up the pieces. And he is, because he is um, like a real co-parent, I think I grew up with a really involved dad and my mom and dad are still together and they've been married for 50 years. But even my dad, like he was the very Jamaican mindset, you work, Right. So, and that's his way of providing. And he still took us to provincial parks. We still went to beaches. We still had beautiful family time, but he worked. Leo is cooking all the kids meals. Thank goodness. I would kill them. (laughs) They would die if mommy was in charge. So cooking all of their meals. Now he's making fresh lunches. I made lunch the night before so I could just get it over with. He's like, but these aren't fresh. They have meatball subs today for lunch. And then he's supporting me because I, you know, I mentioned before the podcast, it hasn't been easy with COVID um, and this racial pandemic that, you know, has been going on forever, but has just recently become this big global thing. And he's been my, now my therapist. And he was like that as well. I went through postpartum depression with my first child and he was the one that was there. So he has been very supportive about understanding even things like, okay, you want to be at the gym at six in the morning. I will make sure that you can do that. 
Or I can see that you're getting to the end. So I'm just going to take the kids to the park. Like, I'm not really going to say anything. I'm going to get them out of the house. Cause once you're in the house, they just want to be on you. Mm-hmm. So he's the other, he's the special sauce. Like I have to say, partner. yeah. And I tell him every week, like, don't leave me. And he's like, well, he's I can't cause I have no job. <laughs> and, then, and then we go back and forth and I'm like, if you leave me, you'll get the kids. <laughs> like, oh. So you have to stay with me. You're like, but the good news here is I have the job. <laughs> yeah. And a pension. You're honey. in it for life. You're in it. But yeah, he's the one. He's the guy. Where's your husband from? He's a, born in Haiti, adopted by French Canadians. So he was from rural Quebec. He's from Shawinigan. So it was an upbringing that was actually quite horrific. Like he's been years and years of therapy. He's had a tough go of it. And that's part of the reason why he's such a good dad. It's overcompensation. He says it all the time. And I'm like, well, I scored. Well, you're like, perfect. <laughs> so when, I'm so sorry about your life, baby. But wow, I scored. <laughs> Thank Lucky. you. Yeah. I feel like that's the perfect segue to the following topic, of course. So obviously we all respected your Chatelaine feature. Oh, and thank you. You're welcome. I feel like the real question is, we all know the answer to it, but what inspired <laughs> you, um, especially during these times, to speak up and to stand up? The truth of the matter is I've been very vocal about all of this stuff since high school. I mean, in high school, I decided I was going to teach myself. My parents only knew really Jamaican history. So I, I started reading all of these books about the civil rights movement and all of these authors that I wasn't introduced to in school. And every time I had to do an independent study unit, I did it on a black topic because I was teaching myself. So when I got to university, I joined the radio station and it was a pan-African diasporic black political show. We sucked, but the point is we were researching the black sort of experience globally. And I was part of the black students union and I was on the Caribbean students union, but that was just pure potty. (laughs) That was pure potty. That was not political. The Black Student Union, though, was all about activism. It was all about keeping the African-Canadian studies program alive at McGill. Like, I've always been very active. The weird thing is now being a lifestyle host, and I'm talking about fun, beautiful, lighthearted things, and we have this race situation. So ever since I came on board at CityLine, I felt that I really had to... um, I had a major uphill battle. Like I got a lot of hate when I started. I did not look anything like the host before me. And it's Canada and people need some time. So I I felt it was very important for me to build up political capital and earn people's respect. And it wasn't until maybe five years into the job when I started looking at how we can start being more diverse and inclusive and having more voices be a part of it. So I feel like all of that has been in some ways subversive and has been part of pushing forward this dialogue. So when Chatelaine um, came around and approached me, it was like a no-brainer for me. I have the support of uh, folks internally at Rogers, which makes me feel comfortable about saying these things because it is kind of terrifying. And they shouldn't be controversial things to say that we are living in a world of white supremacy, but they are. 
Um, and so, yeah, I feel like if I don't spend my time talking about these things, why the hell am I in this position? So I'm supposed to be in this position to make it a bit better. I'm not supposed to be here just to, you know, be biding my time and then waiting till they retire me out and the next person comes in. So I have to use my platform. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. But during this time, and and you have spoken out, and and I can imagine it's been very difficult. I don't think people talk enough um, um, about the heaviness and the weight that is on your shoulders. Mm. So you have spoken out, but how hard has that been? Because it has been a very isolating time. We've been alone, but we've you're you're this person who's spoken out for all of us. Mm-hmm. How lonely or how hard or isolating has that been while having to maintain um, the space within a large network? Yeah, it's. It's, I second guess myself a lot. I'll, you know, like I'll write up a post and then I'll think, oh my gosh, like who's my audience here? Is this okay? Is this, you know, I go through many rewrites. I take my role actually really seriously, even though it's a lighthearted, fun role. I take what I say very seriously because I know that in many ways, I'm going to be emblematic of the race. Like, I can't just even speak as Tracy Moore being like silly, fun goof. It's like what I'm going to be saying is is going to be quoted and people are going to judge it and they're going to say, well, this is what black women are. And so I take it, I take it seriously. And there have been times when I've given my captions to Leo and just said, can you look it over? And uh, sent it out to friends and just said, what do you think of this? Because I do take it seriously. But I also think if I can't speak up in this space, then what am I doing? But yeah, it, it is a little isolating. And that's why I rely on the Kayla's and the Marcy Ian's and the Kathleen Newman Bermangs. All of these women are also using their voice and, um, and they're there, we're there sort of to support each other. I know that you know all those women, but do you find that now there's more of a sisterhood between you that you can build this off of each other? Mm-hmm. I found that. Definitely. It used to be this whole network's competing against each other. And now it's like, I need someone else who looks like me in this position to help me with these issues. Because Arissa Cox was always a really good friend, but um, she's a good uh, she's a good one as well talking about this stuff. They give me life. Like there's so many times when I just, I wouldn't really know what to do. And, uh, and they're there. 
Shout out to Kayla. Yes. Yeah, we recently out. had her on the podcast. My and goodness. oh my gosh, if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back. <sighs> she is just a force. We love her. The the courage. Oh. Like she's the environment she's in, the courage is phenomenal. Amazing. And she is relentless. Like relentless. Every, and I, I live for it. I wait for it. Mm. As soon as it comes up, she's relentless and she's so She's so concise in her messaging. Mm-hmm. And what's what I found, I have like a Twitter bubble of the black women that are that were all in the same community, who many of whom I've never met. Yeah. But we're literally watching each other's stuff. We're like waiting for someone to come for someone else. We're like, no, no, calling in the cavalry. It's so fun and it's so nice to realize that you've built a relationship or connections with these other human beings who yeah. maybe you've never actually met. Like we I only know them on social media. I know. Isn't that almost insane. I, I have love friends it. I have totally. never met. Yeah. And I mean tight, like yeah. feel like I could lean on them for all sorts of support. But what you're doing is so important. And I hope you know how important it is to have that army. That army is crucial. It can actually flip the whole trajectory of a dialogue. The army is crucial. The numbers are crucial. So what you're doing is activism in its own way. So Ooh. good for you. Ooh. Thanks, girl. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, how do you, you see, I see the haters, but how do you deal mm. with the haters and the trolls? How do you do it? I, I get know. one and I like, I want to die. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I actually still want to die. Yeah. I like, I remember even my sister was like, you're going into television. You're kind of sensitive. I'm like, I'm too sensitive for television. Never mind trolls on social media. I am not... Uh, Like, I'm sensitive. I overthink things. It still bothers me. I have a good life. Why am I bothered by these people? Mm. I am. I'm bothered. So I'll look at it like one morning, and I have to get off my phone in the morning. It's the worst thing I can do. One morning, and I'm very rarely on Twitter, I open up my Twitter, and this guy is saying, oh, haven't watched the show in a while. I just tuned in. Tracy's fat. Do I need to see that as I'm on the toilet at 5.30 a.m. about to start my day? I was in a good mood, yo. So I read that and I'm like, yeah, I got fat. So fucking what? It's COVID. There's a lot of stuff going on. The kids are home. I'm eating everything. Why do you need to tell me that? I know what my weight is. I'm okay with it. So I still go through that process of, hmm, you said something mean, that makes me feel bad. Let me put down my phone and, and process this a bit. Okay, get it out of your mind. Oh, I can't get it out of my mind. Let, let me look at it again. Hold on a second. Should I really care about this person thinking I'm fat? Yeah, maybe you need to diet more. No, he's not important. It's like it's all this stuff thing. goes through, right? It's a whole thing. Sometimes I look at a comment and, I'm, and I think, and it's not something like she's fat. It's something like, well, I'm thinking this based on what you said. And it's not a troll and it's actually, it's good. Like it's actually, it, it might go against what I said, but it's something we're thinking about. And sometimes I will answer that person and say, I never thought of that. So there's also that. Um, but eventually I give myself by the next day I'm over it, but it's not nothing. No. No. I want to point that out. It's not nothing. I also have to be really good about self-regulating my responses. 
So I feel like I'm almost like a politician in the sense that I'm representing my network and I don't just lash back out at people. And I see people doing that and I'm like, that's your energy, man. Mm -hmm. I would rather take it and mull it over in my head because I've been through this a few times. If I really need to deal with it, it's going to be a well thought out post at a future time when I've got some distance from it. But I... When you answer that, you fuel it, you fuel it, you fuel it. And I'd rather just let that bad energy dissipate. I like that you're not as petty as me. (laughs) Listen, I understand the petty too. Like if you have time that day and you feel the need to fight, you should do that. But I find fighting makes me sad. Like it doesn't, some people need to work on, like the anger is empowering, Mm -hmm. But I don't go to anger. I go to sad. Me too. Right? That's the thing. So if I, don't I keep it going, then it'll keep going. Yeah. Once, once you start talking to them, especially like the haters, it's almost like you've lit a fire under them and <gasps> then they go and it's like, who's going to give up first? Truly. Like, I just want to cry. Like, it's, just, I want to cry. I'm just going to watch feel, your But they feel heard. They feel heard because you responded. Right. Yeah. So now it's like you just put them up on your level. Whereas if you didn't, don't respond, maybe you never saw it. They don't have the mm-hmm. satisfaction of knowing you even looked at that message. I see where you're going so with that. But I'm not against fighting either. <laughs> I usually, I'll fight like, so I usually fight like on my, on my friend stuff. Like I'm the Twitter yes. army. I'm like, <laughs> is that you, Tim McClure? Coming right. for you. <laughs> I know. I love how you say that. And Cleo's smiling and nodding. She's like, I'm like, I hear you, but it's not I'm me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'll, I'll come for them on yours. Don't worry. I'll be your Twitter army. It's important. They need it's, you. It's a dark world out here. And with that being said, what's the most important thing for you to instill in your two young children as they grow up Mm. in this world? It's uh, parenting while black is this balance of having them maintain that spark and that innocence, but also understand this big, bad world they're a part of so that when they go on the playground and someone throws the end bomb at them, it's bad enough to hear that but I need them to understand that that could happen. And it has happened to both of them repeatedly in my very progressive left-leaning neighborhood. And so that's the balance. And for my kids, you know, I want them to understand that they matter. I want them to understand that they're actually operating under a certain amount of privilege and that they need to understand that because they have a responsibility to help people at the same time, you can be marginalized with privilege. So they have yes. to understand. Oh, what a balance. <laughs> oh, what a balance. It's like you have things other kids don't have. You also have black skin. Um, so understand that the way you move through the world is um, it's significant. It actually takes some thought. And I feel doubly bad for them because then they're the kids of a TV mom. They can't be misbehaving in public. The kids have to understand that they also have to sort of behave in a certain way. And on the one hand, I feel bad for them. On the other hand, they've been to Disney World five times. So you know what? If you're going to take the perks... Take the responsibility as well. It's all part of it. I want them to know, though, that they matter and that they are loved. And I hope that they're able to self-actualize in a way that makes sense for them. We're so excited about Marcy Ian's <sighs> latest announcement, yes. being part of the Liberal Party. And you also mentioned, as I mentioned before, that you have a degree in poli-sci. So <laughs> where's this going? Where are we going here, Tracy? <laughs> Is it TV for life or do we have a future in politics? 
I know that it's not TV for life and I've never wanted to be sort of one of these people that have their claws in the doors. They're being dragged <laughs> off the air. We know the type. Oh my gosh. I've seen it many times when I was entering the industry. Like that's not me. I understand. I'm 45. I always forget my age because I feel like a child. I'm 45. This whole time I was, so trying, to, I was trying to do the math in my head. I was like, it's like she's a 12 year old or a 10 year old. Literally. And I was like 30 something. School in the nineties. Yeah. Um, so for women, this is almost like, this is where things start getting a little cagey with us on air. It's Which stupid, we need to change. Yeah. But it's the way it is. So I've never been under any illusions that I'm going to be staying past my time. And I'm actually excited if I can have a say in who might be the next person to come in and what iteration that might that might take. Because I have some thoughts on like, you know, who should be, I I just feel like I would love that space to be occupied by someone that represented the inclusivity that I've been trying to bring onto the show. So that's all. I'm going to ask you who it is after this. There's nobody, there's no one specific. I just, I want it to be someone that represents Canada the way I see Canada, you know, and that is of a nation where we've all brought all of these incredible things to the table and I want that to be recognized because when I started on the show, the demographic was very white. It was a very white audience. It was, you know, I feel like that has evolved and I want to make sure that the next person that, that takes the torch is someone that can respect that and work in that kind of environment where we're evolving. So, um, Politics. Mm-hmm. Remember what I said about the haters and the trolls? Like I'm too sensitive. <laughs> oh no! What I do oh, in the legislature? <laughs> could you imagine me in Parliament <laughs> crying mascara? Like I don't. I don't feel like I've got the guts to play that kind of that to play that kind of game, and I feel like I would not thrive in that environment. Um, I understand the importance of being in a position of power and being able to actually make change. I just don't know if that's for me. I more picture me going down the road of philanthropy. I just have to figure out how that's going to look. Is that going to be scholarships for kids? Is that going to be like, what is that going to be? But uh, I see that more than politics. I would never say never, but it's not on my list. (laughs) Never say never, but maybe unlikely. So we are a group of bibliophiles. Mm, as, as perhaps you can I know see. it's yummy um I've been on, heavy on an audible tip so I can like get my steps in while listening to my audiobooks but we heard that you're quite the reader so what are your top three book recos right now all things considered good or happy or not happy okay I'm gonna go for two that I recommend all the time um which is Chimamanda and Gozi Adichie um Let's do Americana for that. So that is going to be like, you're going to see black African life, black American life. You're going to see the two converge. You're going to see the differences. You're going to see the nuance. Um, I like that. I like that book even for anyone that hasn't been introduced to her writing yet. Like, I feel like that is, it's great. Um, and here is an author I love, and I would buy anything she wrote, which is the same as the first author, Heather O'Neill. She's a Canadian author. She wrote Lullabies for Little Criminals. And I would love for you all to read it and tell me what you think. But what she does is she is a Quebec writer that bases most of her stories in Montreal, but it's the underbelly of Montreal, whether it's past or present. She has a way of making the most... Um, seedy, 
um, traumatizing experiences like glow with beauty and innocence. And she is able to, in her writing, this innocence comes out in these characters. They're always based in and around Montreal. And she's an incredible writer. I love her story. So Lullabies for Little Criminals was the first one I ever read from her, but I've read all of the books that she's written. They're all lovely. I am currently, because the world is so heavy, into contemporary diverse romance. Ooh. Love yeah, that. We need that, that title. Twist. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Kind of contemporary so diverse many. What does this mean? Is, is, it so, like, is it a little smutty or like... Oh, God, yes. Is there oh. like a hip-hop beat that drops oh. in this? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There is an author named Talia Hibbert who I think is phenomenal because her characters are plus size. They are black. They are bald. They are uh, brown men. There are Muslim characters. There are white men. Like everything. And the, 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 the sex is smutty and the characters are well developed. So I read a book from Talia Hibbert um, this summer and I loved it. Uh, but read all of her books. She, I think she only has two right now, but read all of her books. Anyways, the third one I'm going to say is Zadie Smith. Let's do Zadie mm. Smith. So I know some people are, you know, can't get into Zadie Smith, but I will put on beauty as my Zadie Smith reco because. We're such book friends. I love it. Yeah. That there's book? so much. It, there's a lot in that book, yeah. right? There's so much. It's, um, it's, it is it is sort of like a, you know, a thesis on beauty and what the world sees as beauty, but it's also the familiar relationship between the protagonist and her father and seeing that all fall away and seeing him as a real man with weaknesses. And anyways, it's another good one. On, <laughs> on that Rekka wave, and now that we're talking about food and Bev, <laughs> what has been your favorite local spot in Toronto over quarantine? Oh man, does it, uh, it needs to be a restaurant, huh? No. Anything you want. Okay, so I am not an outdoor person at all. Yeah. Like I used to joke to my friends, like I don't like outside even. <laughs> if there's a tunnel that's inside, <laughs> I'm going to walk that. I'm going to take the path. Like I don't want air on me. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. No air. A sun at a beach, yes. Everything else, No. no. So what was lives in Canada, (laughs) right? So what was weird for me during COVID is that I got comfy in nature. It was the only place. So in the beginning, I would go out with the dog and the kids and twice a day we went out there and it was like they they yellow taped all of the playgrounds and all of the outdoor fitness areas and there were bylaw officers everywhere. It felt weird. Like, remember that, that yes. feeling of feeling, even if the bylaw officers don't see you, the people are watching you, like the other social, people. Social control. Yeah. Social control. And I was sort of like, what's safe? Tree. And I got <laughs> into the trees and the grass and we would sit on the ground and we would play games and we ran in between trees. It was like 1972, <laughs> like innocent, yeah, innocent, playful time. But I actually started to uh, develop a real affinity for nature. It felt like the only thing that didn't carry a virus, we were allowed to sit on it and play in it. That was my spot. In terms of eating, like everything. I ate everything uh, in the cupboards, in the fridge. I went back to the studio on September 1st. 
it's been the best thing for me because I broke up with my fridge. <laughs> when you're home all day, you just That's keep the thing. You just I keep know. going. Like you're looking for answers in the cupboards. <laughs> the answer is not there. No, <laughs> no, but, no but it, it feels, feels better. better. It, it feels, feels so really good. good and nice. Yes. So yes. You just step away from your computer and be like, the almonds will solve this. <laughs> it's good. They're going to no, solve they it. Won't. <laughs> but okay. My sour cream and onion chips might. My, they might. I don't know if they we'll might. We'll try. Yeah, I have a bag of dill pickle literally sitting on my couch. Mm. Like like your long lost lover. (laughs) So I think we kind of touched on this before, but we love to give little pieces of advice to the people coming after us. If you could give one piece of advice to a young woman aspiring to be like Tracy Moore, what Mm. would it be? You know, I looked at this question and I, I never came up with an answer. So now I have to do this on the spot. Wait, we could do this. What's the worst piece of advice anyone ever gives has ever given you? The worst piece of advice I ever got was when I was pregnant with my first and they told me to read parenting books. Those parenting books are the worst. Are the worst. They made me feel like the worst mom after I had that baby and they were like, "And this cries this and then this means he needs to poo." And I never learned the cries. What? One's 12 and one's 10. I never learned the cries. The parenting books made me feel like an awful parent. Um, that's the worst advice I've ever I've ever gotten from anybody. Um, in terms of someone coming up in the industry, I think that maybe I would say um, understand that whatever you're bringing to the table is actually the right thing. Because I think for so many years, I felt like I had to follow some kind of mold as to what a reporter looked like or, and what they sounded like and how they were supposed to act and be. And then when I got this role at City Line, there's so many people saying, well, you're the boss now. When are you going to put on the bitch pants? And I found that I could not find mine (laughs) because that's not how I lead. I don't feel like you have to have people scared or treat people badly. That's not my form of leadership. I rather lead by example. And my example is me being comfortable in my skin. I'm comfy in my skin. How are you in yours? Like, do you feel good? Because that's all it is. And the more you are able to move through the world authentically as who you are, the more everyone else is going to take those cues to be themselves. So everything you're bringing in, it's all valid. Whoever you are, it's right. Whoever you are, it's right. Whoever you are, it's right. So If you can hang on to that, even in those moments where you're worried and you think that, I don't know, and I'm second guessing, be who you are and follow your gut. It's taken me a long time to start following my gut. And finally, I think, okay, something feels weird with this. Maybe it's because I'm going with the flow and I don't want to be going with the flow. So listen to that. Wow. Great. That is. That was, that was awesome for on the spot advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, you did great. Mind blowing. Yeah. There it is. We'll take all of it. Thank you. Well, I mean, I feel like that brings us to the end of this, Tracy. Um, oh, I have to go I back to my to. house. I mean, you don't have to. That's not. What are you even saying right now? I don't have to do anything. We can hang out. Um, either way, Tracy, we just wanted to say thank you today for joining us. Um, that was the perfect balance between emotions and laughter. And we appreciate you taking the time (laughs) to um, 
shine the light on our community and with your energy and with your words of wisdom. This is, I feel energized, guys. Me too. Seriously, good. good vibes only. So do I. I like being able to talk to other women and just about who we are and our experiences because I find it's really validating. So thank you for inviting me to be oh, part of this. God, we're honored to have you. Absolutely. Thank you. Love it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Conversations with Coco and Friends. Don't forget to rate this podcast on Apple and follow us on Spotify. You can find Tracy on the gram at the Tracy Moore. And don't forget that Moore has an E at the end. Follow our adventures on at Coco and Co on the gram as well. And don't forget it's C-O-W-E. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.